Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of Should I Play That? And it's episode, what, 33? We are on 33, yeah. Yo, who would have thought 33 weeks ago we were like, you know what? We're going to start this podcast again and we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to stay consistent. Honestly, this is like the most consistent thing in my life right now. That's... <laughs> If there's one thing, if there's one thing I could, you know, always bet on, is that we're gonna have, you know, we're gonna record episode, and it's gonna be uploaded sometime that weekend. I can't say Friday because sometimes errors happen, sort of like last week. Hmm. It happens. It happens when we recover. Yeah. So episode thirty-two. If y'all haven't listened to it yet, um, we had an issue where for some reason there was only five, I think five minutes of episode that posted. Uh, so I updated it through our server, but it turns out that it still didn't update through all of the different platforms that we're on. So we went ahead and just re-uploaded episode 32. So uh, I already saw the like the view counts. So you guys are out there listening to it, so I appreciate that. Shout out to all of you guys. But um, here we are next week, episode 33. I haven't even introduced. Wait, did I introduce myself? No. Who are you? I mean, who am I? <laughs> who am I? I am Chris. What's going on, everybody? A.K.A. Black Hulk, A.K.A. S.S.J. Blackrot, currently S.S.J. Blackrot on all the social media, and I'm the host of Should I Play That, mm-hmm. along with my co-host. What's going on, Rod? How you doing? Good, man. Uh, you know, it it really was frightening when I checked out the episode the other week, and you know, it just kind of cut off, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> so what's happening yeah so it, it happened to me too but like i was like i i put up podcasts sometimes to like sort of like fill in the back noise like i have like background noise i'm like while i'm working there's just anything and like it's it, like you said it sort of just stopped and i was like damn like is my internet buffering right now what's going on and then i look at it and it's like episode completed <laughs> see you next week and i'm yeah. like what yeah that's not right yeah terrifying but you know, like you said, you're a, you know, diligent, hard worker, got it updated. Really appreciate that, Chris. You're always like, you're the hardest worker I I know, to be honest. I appreciate it, man. I, I just, I just have a passion for this stuff and I have a, I just, I just want to, I just want to be great. That's what it is. You're already great, Chris. Ah, damn, my fucking heart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. But um, how, how's it been going, man? What's what's been going on? Man, how's, how's, how's life? Life, life is um, you know, same old, same old. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in life's been okay recently. Um, you know, doing the movie thing, doing the podcast every week, working. Um, it is not getting colder outside. I was lied to. Um, so that's, that's fun. I bought a nice jacket, but I can't wear it. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, pretty average, all things considered. I hope that you've had a more exciting week than I have. Mmm. Ex- I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, ex- exciting. I, I don't know. I, I've had a good week. Um, I saw Joker last week, and uh, oof, man, what a movie! I saw it last uh, night. Yeah, good stuff. Um, do you want to do a quick? Should I watch that like mini review? <laughs> I don't know if I have the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there are things about it that are very good and that I liked, and I've actually I'm not a huge Todd Phillips fan. Like I I've liked um 
I've, I've liked the hangover one, like kind of like, I mean, that was an okay movie. That was perfectly okay. Um, but I haven't really liked any of his other material, but I feel like he was good for this because he, he really traffics in people's pain and misery and dark humor. So a Joker origin story seemed actually like a pretty uh, apt thing for him to do. So yeah, in that sense, it didn't really disappoint. Um, I do question the like overall the film's message. Um, like there are things yeah. ab- about it that like, like I walked away not necessarily knowing what it exactly wanted me to wanted it to say um like i it 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 tries to like it it does bring up a lot of topics like you know classism uh, mental health and a lot of things like that but i mean it doesn't really delve too deeply into anything and it doesn't really seem to have a cohesive vision um or or really like kind of a i hesitate to say point but like it doesn't i'm not quite sure what it saying at this point in time um but it's something i'm still ruminating about and it made me feel things um both positive and negative so i mean that's the mark of good art to me um and there are a lot of people out there that saying it should it you know it shouldn't exist and all this other stuff i don't necessarily agree with all of that like you know you should be free to create um, you know, your, your, you should be free to express yourself in, in any artistic medium. Um, you know, anything short of Mein Kampf, I think is like, <laughs> it's fair game. And yeah, I, I, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that. It, that's a really, really rudimentary version of my thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like I echo like a lot of how, like how you felt. So that's good. So my thoughts, I feel like a lot of people, went into this thinking it's like a superhero movie when, you know, it's clearly a super villain movie. Um, so like just in that going, like coming out of the movie, yeah, I felt different. Yeah. And it was, and it was more or less of like, um, I feel like the last bit of the movie without of course diving into like what happens, but I feel like the last bit of the movie sort of, you, you it sort of like you know twists your emotions a little bit, mm. where you could I could sort of see where one person, some people might feel a certain way about the Joker, but then with what happens, it's sort of like at the end of the day, like I said, this is a super villain movie, so it's dark. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, it, it's dark, and and that's perfectly fine, right? Like we should be able to have dark media, and I know that's not what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. At all, but you know, there was a moment in the film towards the end uh, that made me deeply, deeply, deeply uncomfortable, and it actually had nothing to do with the movie itself or the content within it. It, but it was more uh, how it was how more would react to it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. and that's that feeling I'm talking about was that yeah. I more or less. Well, I guess that's a good point. It's not more or less what's happening in the movie. It's it's pretty much how society is going to react to the movie, and that's the that's the true scary part. That's yeah. the thing that I could now I can see why people sort of felt some way about the movie. Um, walking out of the movie, um, I don't know. That's that's still like a toss up on how I really feel about that. But I could sort of I could see why people feel a certain way about this movie. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And, and it's, it's tough because it's like a lot of that 
you know, if any of it, I, I can't, you know, it's hard to put on the piece of media itself because like you can't really control like, you know, we're, you know, I'm trying to critique the movie and not like other people's interpretation of it because other, other people can have an interpretation of, you know, whatever they want. But I think when you're dealing with sensitive subjects, like you have to be responsible with that and you have to know what exactly you're doing and take great care to be very, very clear about what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the movie fully succeeds about that. And that's, that's part I think that's is the on problem. the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I can so, see that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like it's definitely like a, it's a watch for me. Yeah. You should go you know, see it and yeah. form your own opinion about it. Exactly. But yeah. That's Joker. That's our mini review. Uh, should you should you watch that? And we're gonna jump into shit. I play that. <laughs> so if this is the first time you've been listening to the show, uh, what we like to do at the beginning is sort of give like a little summary of what we've been playing lately. So, uh, Rod, what you been playing? So both games that I'm about to mention here. I mentioned last week, but with the exception uh, that I actually finished one of them, and I'm very close to finishing the other. Uh, so I finished Ori and the Blind Forest this week, and uh, that was a really good experience. So a lot of what I said last week really kind of is echoed this week. Not, again, not the kind of game that I was expecting at all. That game is not easy. That And, and that's not really the fault of the game at all, but it's just that my expectations were fucked going into it um but it is a nice tight platformer that i personally really appreciate it and it does something really really um well and i don't think i mentioned this last week but it really does introduce like new abilities like um like wall jumping and dashing and kind of these traversal techniques in a in a very organic way to make it so that you um you're always offered the ability to challenge yourself like it's 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 that philosophy i've now i've mentioned this several times before on this show but like it's my favorite one of my favorite design philosophies that shigeru miyamoto has said time and time and time and time again um on how he designs levels is that he always introduces like one new concept at a time and immediately like test your uh your ability to retain uh, and execute that information so like for example in you know one one mario like original mario you know he might place like a uh a, a bottomless pit you know to kind of like at a decent distance to where you can't miss right but then maybe on the next like maybe a few feet later like he might put two pits maybe at uh shorter slightly shorter distances so it's like okay at that point you know how to jump do you know how to control your jumping so things like that and, and he does that with um really all mario games kind of follow that philosophy and it's something that i really really appreciate about the series and that's something that a lot of these metroidvanias have done really well um too like super meat boy is a is a great uh kind of extreme version of that and i feel like ori is like a really interesting mix of mario and meat boy um which is funny because neither of those are Metroidvanias, which Ori is, but but it really has like that brutal, like kind of super Meat Boy nature in certain sections. It's not the whole game, but there are like uh, certain sections that that do have that, where it's like kind of one try to kind of get this section right, and if you mess it up, then you got to start from the beginning. Um, but it does have that concept of original Mario, and um, you know, just giving. 
uh, doling out like these abilities to you kind of one by one and steadily like challenging the player's uh, knowledge of, of an ability to just kind of do these things. So definitely something that I personally appreciated and the music in Ori is amazing. Like everyone talks about it. I said it last week as well, but like it's, it's so good, man. Um, I, I don't know how like this was made by a few people. It's, it's really phenomenal. Um, because so, like the the art for the game is, is sort of like a, like a hand drawn type of thing, right? Yeah, it's like uh, pre rendered sprites or something like that. I think Will of the Wisps is gonna be different. I think so for the Switch version. I think it's the sprites are different than the ones in the Xbox and PC version. I want to say that they were pre rendered there. Um, I'll have to check up on that, but I think, yeah, the way that the art is, it, it's very unique. Like, um, I, we love, like we hear it. Should I play that? We love like good animation, especially like 2d animation. It's just something that's, that's just really gets us. Um, yeah. Like I'll impulse on a game immediately if it has really good animation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ori totally has that. Um, in spades. It's, it's the presentation is really uh, bar none. Um, some of the things I didn't like so much is still kind of like the saving currency thing. Like it, it, it wasn't a giant issue for me. Like I got through the game just fine, but like, yeah, it was definitely a pain in the ass at certain points. And I mean, the more energy orbs you get, like the, the better that you'll be able to, like the more you'll be able to save. So, I mean, that somewhat alleviates the problem, but I just, I just am not sure if I love that mechanic. Um, and I never really got super used to it. Um, but yeah, like it, it's, it, there's not a whole lot to dislike here. I do think that like the plot is, it's cute. Um, you know, and I think I said that, <laughs> that very thing verbatim, um, <laughs> last week, but like, yeah, and it kind of stayed that way. Like I was halfway through last week and after finishing it, it's like, okay, like it's, there's nothing mind blowing, but again, I wasn't really expecting anything in that department, but it's, it's, it's cute and I personally enjoyed it. And at the end of the day, like I would, I'm going to play the sequel and enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got a new fan in me for sure. There is, there are some, um, additional, uh, there's some additional content in the definitive edition for switch. Um, and that is like, it's like two new areas and I think two new abilities. Uh, plus like, I think some of the, the aspects of the game are kind of like, modified like i think you can actually warp between safe points now you couldn't actually do that in the original game so you would have to like travel everywhere i could that's a huge quality of life change mm-hmm. um, it, it made things a lot easier um and if you wanted to 100 percent the game there's all sorts of secrets and nooks and crannies um i have to move on to the next game but so unfortunately like i probably won't be 100 percenting this like anytime soon but like if i ever do want to go back like it is there and i mean there are there might be a point to where i just kind of go back and just like kind of chill in some of the areas because some of them truly are beautiful like i I can't really overstate that enough i actually i don't play my switch docked very much but this one i played docked maybe like uh 20 of my play time which doesn't sound like a lot but for me as someone who almost exclusively uses it in handheld that's like a giant amount um so i really wanted i've really savored like kind of having that um that that big experience um on a screen you know what's crazy about playing uh, docked? I I want to say maybe when I first got my Switch, 
I was, I was sort of like you. I was, you know, primarily just handheld. I would every now and then, like you said, maybe, I think it might have even been less for me, maybe about 15 or 10% of the time yeah. I would play, um, docked. But I don't know if it was like the last couple of games I've been playing or like how I sort of changed up my setup, but I, I don't know. I like playing docked and I feel that certain games, they're sort of made to be played on a bigger screen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, this is definitely one where, you know, you could certainly do that. Um, Ori himself, like, is, is a small creature. So, um, I, I never actually had problems finding him on the handheld. I know that were, that was, uh, you know, that was a concern for some people. Yeah. With, with the Switch, they were like, ah, it might be too difficult to track the action. But I actually never had that problem at all, um, throughout my, you know, 10 or so hours with the game. So. That's good um, to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there were really are some memorable sections in this thing. Um, some really clever platforming puzzles that, like, I truly like. Like, you, we just talked about Celeste a few weeks ago. Um, it kind of reminded me of that in a way. Um, and, and sort of the design philosophy around that. It was, it's, it rang similarly there. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you dug that, which I believe you did, then you should definitely check Ori out for sure. Mm, I didn't finish Celeste. <laughs> I'm stuck on the last level. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much Ori, and uh, the next game was uh, Link's Awakening, and okay. I am almost finished with that game. It's got eight dungeons, and I'm on. Uh, I'm like most of the way through Dungeon Seven, so I'm. And, and from there, like I kind of looked ahead just to kind of see exactly what I had to do, and I think it's like going to be a straight shot to the last dungeon. So um, I'm practically like 90% of the way with with this game. Um, so by next week, I w- it will be done. Um, but it is it has been a good experience, man. I'm I'm surprised. Like you know, I hadn't really got too far into it last week when we talked about it. It was like like 25% or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this this was fun, man. I really, I really dig it, and I'm not, I'm not a huge 2D Zelda guy. Like, I mean, those games are cool. I like them, but you know, I don't have great nostalgia for them. And I never, I never play Link's Awakening, so you know, this is a new experience for me. The story does seem to like kind of kick in in the last like half. So yeah. I had heard that people really love the story in this thing for the so for the first like you know five six seven hours or so like there's not a whole lot there like things are kind of weird every now and then but there's not a lot of forward momentum it's just like collect these instruments to wake the windfish up and like that that's it but in the back half like from dungeon five on it's like oh okay like there might be something well certainly from six on you kind of get us the sense of like some sort of actual conflict that might happen. So um, that's uh, an interesting turn for the game to take. But yeah, really, really cool game, man. You know, the the archaic nature of those titles do kind of show themselves every now and then. And that's something similar that I mentioned already. But, you know, the the none of the bosses are especially hard. They might require, like, a slightly more clever situ- uh, solution than normal, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you know your power ups aren't like extravagant; they're like bracelets and stuff. So like, which is fine, but you know, for people expecting this to be you know 
Ocarina Breath of, of the Wild. Or, yeah. yeah, like it's not gonna be that at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like it's a different. Is a it definitely has a different pace. It, you also have to remember that you know Link's Awakening was made, I think, what in the nineties. Yeah, they, or early nineties, I want to say. Early nineties. So yeah, like this is um, it's, it's different. It's a nice change of pace though. Yeah. Um, but it's still a good game. I I I, I want to jump into uh, Link's Awakening, but I I don't know. I'm in the in between. Like I'm in between, but not really playing anything right now. Mm. Yeah. No. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, this is a perfect game for that kind of like that mood, that sort of malaise you might have like in between titles. Like, I I totally get it. And and that this game is is oddly relaxing. Like, it's not you're not super pressured to go find a lot of things, and the game never really pushes like, all right. Now go do this and only go do that. Like you can really literally go anywhere you want. And, uh, if you can't get somewhere, then that's when you kind of know like, Oh, okay. I, I might need an ability or I might need bombs or I might need to jump or I might need like a tool that I don't have yet. Like, you know, there's physically no way for me to get to this point. Um, so I mean, and that's just classic game design. Yeah. Um, so, you know, instead of invisible walls, that's kind of what you get in its stead. And, uh, and that's cool. And a lot of that is in the dungeons too. So that's something else that I really noticed and appreciated about these dungeons is that like, this was made in like the time where you didn't really have guides like that online that you could just look up and like, <laughs> at moments notice. So some of the solutions to these are like, what the actual hell? Like, what did people do? Like, people probably actually called that Nintendo hotline number for sure. Um, trying to find solutions to some of this stuff. Cause it's, so, some of them are like kind of complicated. Some of them are pretty weird too. Like I know, like certain like blocks have to be moved. Um, I remember uh, having to use like the bombs or bomb arrows on, on like random walls. Um, like I'm, I'm sort of hoping. I guess like with you know this graphical upgrade, uh, it's a little bit easier to sort of tell if a wall looks weird. Yes, it is. Okay. It is. Yeah. But yeah, but back you know when you're playing this like on a Game Boy, Game Boy Color or whatever, um, you sort of I don't know like. I, I, I vividly remember, like, you know, finding a wall that could blow up by randomly shooting the wall. Like, I had no idea that that was there. So, you played some of this then? Yeah. So, I've played most, um, and it's been so long since I've played it. I know that I've made, like, made progress in the game. I know I've gotten far. I just don't remember completing the game. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, yeah, it's one of those things I just play, I played as a kid. Uh, but I just, and I, I've only, I remember playing it as a kid, getting stuck and being, well, that's it. I'm an idiot. I can't get past this. And like picking it up a little bit later when I was a little bit older and, um, like getting past it. And I was like, yo, I'm a fucking idiot. Like, how did I not like <laughs> figure out that I had to do this thing or go yeah. in this direction? But, um, yeah, just kept playing, loved it. And then I don't know, it just gets foggy after a couple dungeons. Mm. So I feel like when I pick this up, it's gonna be like a feeling of deja vu, where mm. like I so is you know, like I I I know what I'm doing, but like it's still somewhat new. 
Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah and you know, I've, I've read a lot of people saying that too, like, or something similar where it's like, oh man, it's like, it's not nostalgia overload, but it is kind of that, you know, you put it pretty well, like deja vu. It's like you've, you've been here before, but not quite in the same way. Yeah. And, and I think that art style is going to go a long way to making that game feel familiar, but yet new at the same time. Like that's that's honestly partly what's been just been keeping me going. I mean, the game itself is good, and I'm genuinely having like a lot of fun with it. But man, that art style is just so good, man. Like every single time, it just it there's something about like the depth of field that is represented. Like everything's kind of um foggy, like in the beginning, like on the top of the screen and very bottom. So it's like um it it, every, it makes it look like a dream, and like it's just so cool. Like I I just I really enjoy like that Russian doll look that we talked about last week. Like there's something about it that just makes it otherworldly. So, um, yeah, I have a feeling aesthetic. Yeah. I I have a feeling I know where this game is going. Like plot wise. I hope it kind of doesn't go there, but I feel like it's going to, we'll find out next week. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun, man. These, these dungeons again are really solid and I really enjoy the feeling of going into one and seeing like, like passing a bunch of rooms going like, what the hell do I do? And then like, just, I keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into the, the dungeon, finding the tool that I need and then going, ah, having like the, that light bulb moment of going, Oh, that's how I get past this obstacle in that room. And I just go back and do it. I just, I love that they, give you those those tease moments uh in in this game like so much they do they do that a lot and i feel like and that's just that's classic zelda like Mm, yeah even even when you look at the 3d games i feel like that's their same philosophy yeah yeah absolutely so maybe i need to go back and maybe have a zelda binge or something like because it's 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 really special man this this game is it's cool I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot but um other than that that's it i did pick up uh, the last physical copy in our state uh of ai the somnium god, files god damn really <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i looked at on best buy and zero stores had it the only store that had it had like one copy left and i was like okay well gotta go to that store um and picked it up that day so um but yeah i have not i've not touched it yet i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put it in the switch until Link's Awakening is complete, so uh, yeah, that's, I, I, that's a that's a rabbit hole that you're about to jump into. Yeah, exactly. It's like once I start that, like that's a, that's a narrative journey and an experience, and like I just I kind of want to have that uninterrupted. So, so let me ask you this: Are you gonna just solely focus on that game since it's sort of big, or are you gonna be playing that but then also be playing something else on the side? I was thinking about playing something else on the side, but to be honest, like, I don't really know what else, like, I'm playing at the moment, um, or what other, I was kind of looking up single player stuff that is out that I want to play. Like, I do want to, I still want to play Astral Chain. Um, that's oh, so good. Yeah. I, I, that is a still on my radar for sure. Um, and, uh, I did play the demo for Damon, uh, X Machina. That's not, wasn't, I wasn't really on our show, lo- or show list notes, but I mean, I didn't talk about that game last week, did I? I don't think uh, I, no, I don't think you did. I don't think I've talked about this game maybe ever. So let me just mention this really quickly here. Um, I played the demo for that like a week or so ago, mm-hmm. and I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> kind of, kind of a lot to be honest. Um, 
it's a bunch of anime nonsense, like the story, but like I don't give a shit about any of that. Like the it, I'm piloting big ass mechs, like and it's like cockpit focused, so I'm already a fan. Like that's my favorite type of mech. Like not that G Gundam stuff. I know people love G Gundam. I'm sorry, I'm probably gonna get crucified for this, but like I, I love that Gundam Wing classic. Like give me that 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 uh, mobile suit, you know. Double double O eighty like cockpit view like that's what I love like if that's the mech I am a hundred percent all the way in that's what that game is with those kind of mechs so the cool thing about it is that you ever played Armor Core or like oh yeah so it's like Armor Core and Virtual On it's like both of those games combined so the thing about those games is that like you know I'm not, I'm not some like mech expert or anything but like the thing about I like about those games is that it's very meticulous and they they kind of simulate what it might actually be like to to pilot one of these mechs so it's like uh, with with armor core um it kind of had like the customization where like you were saying okay this is you you, you know you could change your legs to kind of move like a little bit faster or give you a little bit of an, uh, a move, some sort of movement edge or change your arms to give yourself more mobility or something like that. Like, um, and virtual on kind of had the, the, um, simulation of like, of, of combat. Like you could actually, you know, you had to choose when to, uh, rush someone down, pull back, defend, um, attack, things like that. Like there was a a big strategy to when you were uh, when you were attacking or, or or doing anything in virtual on. Damon X Machina kind of is like the best of both of those worlds um, in a sense. I don't know if it particularly like excels either of those in their in their specific areas, but like it, it definitely it kind of has DNA from those games. Um, okay. you, you are taking weapons. And like kind of like customizing yourself so you can have shoulder weapons and weapons in your actual hands. So, for example, in the demo, like I had um, I had a machine gun and then I had a, a shield to start with. And then I had like a, a missile pylon, like as the 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 demo got like further in and it's pretty beefy. I was playing it for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Um, but I had like missiles on my shoulders. And then like, eventually I had two guns. I said, I said, fuck the shield. I'm going in with two guns, just blaze, just blazing like two submachine guns at that. Um, and I had missiles and it was great. And the, the maneuverability that you're afforded is pretty strong. You're super nimble and quick on the, on the battlefield. And I remember the alpha for that being super overwhelming and confusing. But I'm not sure what they fixed, but they definitely did something with. Yeah, I mean that was the game I remember. They did a uh, and they emphasized that they're like, hey, like we're listening to you and we're gonna change a lot of these things. So oh. it's cool to see, and that's why they released that second demo. Like they were like, all right, we listened. What what you think? And yeah. I feel like and it was one of those things where it's like, you know, at this point, like if you if you don't like the game, then it is what it is. But we tried. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, which was cool. I mean, it clearly worked because the the game is is really fun. Um, now, if you've read any reviews or impressions, like you know, people do say like it's a lot of the same kind of mission. And the two hours or so that I spent with this game, it, the missions weren't varied. Like all the fun I had from it was coming from like just being in this huge mech and just like just slicing and dicing because i did get a sword at one point um just get it just like slicing through enemies and just 
shooting them up and I don't know, it was fun. Like that part of it was fun, but it was like, okay, go kill 30 of these things. Mission end. Okay. Mission begin. Kill 20 other mechs. Okay. Mission end. Like that was kind of the game. Um, I'm not sure. It doesn't seem like that changes. So I'm not sure how I feel after like 10 hours of that, but like what I played, at least the bones of it was solid. Um, right. So I want to ask this one question, um, because when you were talking about, um, like swapping parts and the customization, you triggered like a vivid memory of, I'm not sure if it was Armored Core or some other like mech, like weird off-brand mech game. It might have been some weird off-brand mech game, but I remember playing this game as a kid and just like you said, um, being able to like swap your parts for like more defense or more attack. But like the thing is, is that when you swap these parts, you had, I guess there was, um, I just vividly remember there being like, a like a speed meter or like if or being too heavy and i remember being uh stuck on a level and saying you know what fuck it let me put on like max armor max attack and just like fuck moving i'm just gonna shoot everything mm-hmm. and that's what i did like I, I loaded this mech up with like everything that i could and i like my when i say i was so slow it was literally like they the mission started and I just had all the enemies come into me. Okay. So are you saying, like, are you asking... Yes, yes. So, yeah. So back to the question, can I do something like that in this game? It seems like you can do something similar. Like, those... I mean, that's a great question. So, like, you do have stat bonuses, uh, or really just straight up, like, it's bars. Like, so you've got, like, um, I want to say stamina, health, um, and armor. Maybe one other stat boost, or, or really just stat in general. Um, that is predicated by whatever armor you're wearing and, and it does matter. Now you're not going to get like, you know, the best stuff obviously from the outset. Um, but as kind of you progress, you can actually pick up loot from like uh, fallen mechs. Like as you destroy them, um, you can just, you could go up to their body and you can get, you get a choice of what you can take. So if like, I didn't have a sword at the time, I could actually snatch the sword that the me- enemy mech was using and take it like for myself, maybe kill another mech and take like their legs. Like maybe I need like a higher stat legs. You can actually do that while on the battlefield. Um, so yeah, it, it, a lot of the, a lot of it does kind of come down to customization. It seems like uh, the demo didn't give me enough versatility to really like say, okay, I want to play tanky or I want to play nimble or anything like that. So I'm not sure like what the extreme is on that, but, but it does exist. looks like. All right. I mean, I feel like hopefully I'd be able to catch that game on like a sale within this year so yeah. that I could like sort of include it in like the game of the year type discussions because it yeah. seems like it's something I might I might like. Yeah, I, I think so. And and honestly, I think a sale is probably best. I mean, I know it sounds a little shitty, but like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be willing to do $60 on it just because like of what I think the game might be, which is just kind of my, my, those two hours I just did over and over mm-hmm. and over again, but for like 15. Um, but for 30, 40 bucks, like, yeah, I jump in on that for sure. Okay. But yeah, that's, um, nice. that's pretty much been it for me, man. What about you, Chris? What have you been playing? Oh, man. All right. So, um, remember a couple weeks ago when I was like, you know, life is great. I could play video games. Look at all these video games I could play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, it's that time now. Uh-oh. <laughs> the fall is coming in. He's like, nah, bitch, you got work to do. Oh, man. So, yeah, so I like I honestly don't remember the last time I logged on to PlayStation 4, like my PlayStation. Um, I think I randomly jumped on my Switch for something in this pack, past week. I don't, I don't remember for what, but you know what's been keeping me going? What's been keeping me sane? What's that? Apple Arcade, guys. I, oh. It's another week of me gushing about it. <laughs> you and know, I was kind of, I was looking forward to this because really you could see so many interesting things from exactly. this. Exactly. And, and what's great about Apple Arcade, once again, guys, I'm sorry, but I'm going to gush about it. Um, it's, it's actually sort of shifted my view on mobile games, but then it's also shifted my views on what I want to tolerate in a mobile game. Mm-hmm. So actually, I'm going to add one more game to this, you know, my docket of what I'm going to talk about this week. But, um, I, I think it's, I think it's called Raid Legends. It's something that like, if you, if you're on YouTube or if you follow like influencers, like, Literally, like, every influencer that's, like, somewhat gaming-related or somewhat tech-related, they've been sponsored by this game. So, um, you might have heard, heard of it. Uh, and it's like a, um, so like one of those action RPG, uh, top-down games where it's not like Diablo, but it's more or less like a, like a RPG, action uh, RPG. It's, it's like a weird fusion of the two. Okay. And then, you know, you, you have your, uh, it's, one of those classic, like, quote unquote mobile games where, you know, you have your energy, you have, uh, you have like, like gotcha mechanics and microtransactions to get more champions. And I was sort of sitting there, you know, playing a little bit of this game and, you know, the game looks great, runs great. Um, I was interested in it once, but until like I got to the screen where like after you finish that first mission and you have literally 12 fucking pop-ups that come up that's like, hey, go to, go to, um, go to this section so we could give you crystals. Use this crystals to then level up this person. Alright, cool. He's upgraded. Now go to this place to equip an item that you got from the first level. Alright, cool. He's equipped. Here's more crystals to upgrade that weapon. Afterwards, guess what? Here's more crystals to hmm. buy a new champion. Okay. And, at that point, I'm like, yo, can, can I play, can I fucking play the game? Right, right. Can, can we get back to the action? Can I, you know, get into it? So, you know, at that point, after I'm like mashing out of every pop-up that comes up, oh, wait, and then, you know, wait, I forgot about these pop-ups. Hey, I see this is the first time you, you've been playing. So for, for 24 hours, you have a special deal where for like 10 or 20 or 50 bucks, you could get like a starter pack. Okay. And I was like, no. No, I sh- I will not. X, I'm out of that. Wait, but guess what? We have, you know, we see a lot of people logging in. We have a special event. Spend $20 to get this other pack where you could randomly get these legendary champions. No, please, can I just play the game? Stop. At that point, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, damn, like, this is why I sort of like, and this is why a lot of people don't like mobile games. Or it has like a certain connotation where like you talk about mobile games, people, you'll have people that sort of, you know, put you in a box to like, oh, you're one of those people. I, I, I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know what? Let me open up Apple Arcade and find a new game where I'm not going to have to deal with any of this bullshit. 
I could download a game and just play it. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 I don't know it's like it's sort of a liber- liberating feeling that I don't I can play games on my phone now and I don't have to deal with microtransactions. I don't have to deal with energy timers. I don't have to deal with just you know all of that mess anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, you, um, you know, what happens with our Apple Arcade. You know, uh, we're, you know, I think they're doing like a slow rollout, of course, of new games. I think this past week, three games were added to the list. So, uh, I mean, but at the same time, I think there's a good like 60 to 80. And I know they've been like, promoting a hundred games on Apple Arcade, but I don't think it's there yet. But there's, there's still, you know, there's a good amount of games that's on there that I feel like if I want to, I could like commit to one or two games a week and just be like satisfied with that. I, and I mean, that sounds like that's your money's worth. Exactly. This is, this is, this is the service that I feel like the mobile industry needed. I feel like not even just the mobile industry, but just more or less, just it's, it's shifting like the gaming industry as well. So hopefully we can sort of see you know down the road that you know Sony, Microsoft, N- Nintendo would would Nintendo do this? I don't know. Nintendo's weird. Uh, yeah, probably not. So let's not even let's not even throw Nintendo in this box. Well, I'd love to see Nintendo do it. Um, I would love to see. Well, actually, hold on. They kind of have done this already. Well, on the Switch with the NES and SNES stuff. I mean, you have to subscribe to the service. That's a subscription service for these games. See, but here's it's, it's sort of I can see I, I sort of see both sides of its argument. Okay. Yeah, you know you're getting these uh, you know NES SNES games, but you know my what my joy is and what I like what sort of like you know makes me happy on the inside sometimes is that with Apple Arcade, it's not like older games or it's not like, you know, weird, like, you know, offshoot games. It's not shovelware. It's actually games that I've been like somewhat looking at in the indie scene. It's, you know, some games that are actually on consoles. Right. So I don't know. The value just sort of seems a little bit more on that half. Mm. Yeah, sure. I could, I could see that. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's sort of like what I took in this week with, you know, trying out a game that was outside of the Apple Arcade ecosystem. Uh, will I go back to, uh, you know, Raid? I don't know. I was, it's really tough to say. I want to, but I, I don't. I don't want to put up with, I don't want to deal with the microtransactions and all that other bullshit. Yeah. Sounds invasive. Yeah. So, you know, going back to the Apple Arcade store, I, of course, have been playing Bleak Souls. Mm-hmm. Haven't really, it's funny, I haven't really made too much progress from where we talked about it last week. And, you know, if you, you know, didn't catch last week's episode, Bleak Souls is essentially a really simplified, like, 2D top-down Dark Souls. So, you know, you know, uh, you're playing on your phone, so with that, you can, uh, swipe to sort of dodge around. You know, you, uh, you tap the screen to, to put up your shield and then you sort of like parry by then swiping in a direct, like in any direction. So like, mm-hmm. let's say an enemy attacks you, uh, from one side, you could parry it 
but then you have an enemy behind you, you can sort of swipe in that direction to do the yeah. counterattack that way. Yeah. So there's, you know, the, the, the mechanics are sort of deep. I started playing a little bit again, maybe like a day or two ago. And, um, it's pretty cool. I came across an enemy that, like, the game is sort of doing, like, that, uh, um, game mechanic where, sort of like we were saying before at the beginning of the episode with, um, with the Mario games, where you'll sort of see, an, uh, see a situation, it'll introduce you to that situation, but then you sort of, like, test it on it down the road. Yeah. I mean, does this happen in, like, Dark Souls? Have I been missing out on that? Because uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Because like I'm I'm running into that situation where I came across an enemy that had a shield and and I didn't notice the shield until like I swiped on it and I only did one damage. I was like, wait, what? And then like he attacked me and I thought I was cool. I, well, I got hit with that attack, but then he attacked again and I was like, Oh, so you're attacking twice. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I just I that's what happened. So I came across that enemy and like I lost. And I was like, yo, fuck this game. I'm not playing this anymore. <laughs> came back a couple days is. later. Came back a couple days later and then like it sort of clicked, you know, hey, I can sort of wait for him to do the two attacks in a row. Right. Swipe, you know, go in, you know, do an attack and then just roll out of the way, come back and just rinse and repeat. So the game will like introduce a new enemy where you'll just go against like maybe one of them. But then, like, the next level, you're then fighting two on top of other enemies that you've encountered. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's totally Dark Souls to a T. Fuck. God damn. I think I may be playing Dark Souls pretty soon. Oh, oh my God, yes. We've got it. We've got it on tape. <laughs> it's got to happen now. Yeah. So, you know, I'm playing that, and I don't know if I said it last week, but, uh, you know, iOS 13 added controller support. So your PlayStation 4 controller... Your Xbox One controllers, which I found out is the Xbox One controllers that were released mm-hmm. after the, you know, Xbox One S. So those are the ones that the, um, like the Xbox logo doesn't have like the silver around it. They sort of changed up the controllers. Those controllers have the Bluetooth support. Any of the older ones don't. So I was actually upset that I couldn't use my Elite controller. Because the Elite controller came out before the S series and they didn't have Bluetooth support. So I was like, alright, fuck, shit. Let me go ahead and dust off the PlayStation 4 controller so I could play, I could use that. I think I might be able to use my Pro controller. That would be nice. Hmm. I'm gonna test that out and let you know how that works. But, yeah. So a game like, um, I did play, uh, Bleak Swords with, um, controller support and it works, it makes sense, but I feel like I played too much of the game with the swipe mechanics where I sort of felt like I sort of had to relearn the game. Yeah, that sounds like it's just the natural way to kind of do that game. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, it just sounds intuitive. Because Bleak's, that, like, that's not that's not anything else, right? I, no, I think it's just, um, just think it's iOS right now. iOS. Yeah, I mean, just the way that you've explained it and what I've seen, like, uh, in videos, um, cause I definitely looked it up after you talked about it. It sounded so cool. Um, and it, it just looks like the touch was the intended way. It's, yeah. that's what it looks like. So, yeah. So, you know, now that I, you know, that clicked and I was able to make it a little bit further into, you know, uh, I think I'm like on this, like the second level. Yeah. Uh, well, second, like area. Um, 
Like, I made it pretty far, but then, like, I think I might be about to, I think I'm about to fight, like, the boss of the area, and then I got, mm-hmm. like, completely destroyed yeah. by just a bunch of enemies. But, like, it's something where now I'm seeing the patterns, I'm seeing, you know, like, I'm not saying that the game's bullshit anymore. I'm just like, yo, fuck, I, I messed up, you, you and got, I, I have to get better. You've got the Dark Souls bug, my friend. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so... Just embrace so, yeah, so, it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've been I'm messing with that. I've also messed with a couple of other games this week. I um I started playing What the Golf. Um, it's right now it's on PC, and I think I saw a trailer for a Switch and like for the Switch too. I don't think it's out on the Switch yet, but um the of course the phone phone version is out, and it's it's an interesting game. It really is. Uh, it's Published by Fig and developed by Triband, so I haven't really, I don't know, that's sort of new to me. Um, yeah. but it's, when you look at it, it sort of looks like, oh, it's just, you know, another golf game, but it's not. Like, it's, it's, it's sort of really, it's like a wacky game where you, you have to, you know, uh, pretty much, like there's, I don't want to say like, there's like, like, there's a course, but like the love, like there's levels and then, it's not like, hmm, what's the best way of describing? All right, so is there's no like rush to get like a certain amount of like you know strokes to move forward. So like when you're on a level, you don't have it doesn't like throw up you know throw up like a you know hey you have to get three to make it to win this level. It's like no, just make it into the hole. That's all you got to do. Now of course if you want to go back and replay the level, I think then that's when it's like all right if you want to like actually get the par then this is how many you have to do to get that. So I like that. That's cool. It's not that forcing you... Yeah, it's not forcing you to, like, you know, get that. So, like, it's it's a really relaxing game. Um, going in a couple of levels, uh, it sort of, like, does weird things. So there's one level where it looks like you're about to swing, but then the actual golfer himself flings out. So every time you're, you know, you're pulling back to... Uh, you know, release the ball. You're you're really just you're launching the golfer instead. What the golf? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> the name. It's just it's really wacky, and yeah. that's what huh. I've enjoyed about it. You know, they have levels where you know the um, the hole will like move around, so you sort of have to like. And this is one of those things where like you sort of either play the level enough to sort of know where the the hole's gonna go. Or you preemptively like launch it and it somehow makes it in. So it's, it's a lot of like rinse and repeat and a lot of, um, it's somewhat platformy as well. Oh, weird. Because it's not a traditional golf game. Yeah. I, it, you know, it, this sounds like it has the sentiment, the, the sensibility of something like golf story. I would even say that like golf really? story, you're actually playing golf. This is. This is something different. This is different because at one point, like I said, like you do these levels, like there's like an overworld where you um, use the swing meter to like, you know, launch into a hole and then it takes you to a level. So you're going from like level to level in this overworld. Eventually, like you go into a room and you're in like fucking space. So, yeah, there's like there are levels where you're in space and then golf in space. 
Yeah, so like you're you're on like a really small planet. And like I said, this is this is all like 2D top down. So it's not like a 3D game. It's like a top down 2D golf game. You you're on the moon and like when you pull the um the swing meter and you sort of like I guess max out your shot or uh, more or less, it'll sort of give you like a trajectory of where it's going to go. And with certain like planets in a way, you'll sort of use its gravity to sort of curve. And you're pretty much you're you're launching a ball between planets oh. to make it to the hole. Okay, and so you're not like golfing on the moon, like like to another hole on the moon. You're like another hole across another the planet. The, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm in. I'm in on this game. Yeah, and it's just it's it's wacky. Like it, it really is. Like it's um, there's one level I remember where, like you you don't really see where you're swinging from, but once you swing. It, it'll blow your mind. And the, uh, once you make the hole in one, or the, you know, once you make the hole, the game's gonna say what? And that's like the exact feeling I felt once I played that level. <laughs> I need this game in my life. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, stuff like this, this is, this is, you know, it's something that I've been playing on and off. Um, I've had people like, you know, look over my shoulder and like, they're like, Chris. What the fuck are you playing yeah. right now? And you should and say, it's, what do you mean? You mean, you mean what the golf am I playing? <laughs> and, and that's exactly, and that's exactly how I feel whenever I'm like describing it. But it's something that you sort of have to see to really yeah. get the magic of the game. Yeah. But it's fun. Like it's, um, I, I've played enough maybe overall, maybe like about an hour or two so far. Okay. And, there are certain levels that sort of repeat, but have like weird twists to it. And I'm sort of looking, I'm sort of seeing where they're throwing different mechanics. So like now some levels have cars that are in the way. So you have to like launch the golf ball into the car, but you also have to like do it with enough power where you hit the car so that the car like move, like it zooms off in the direction it's facing, but you don't want to hit it in an angle where if it launches itself, you get in the way, and then you get knocked out of bounds. Okay. Because it's also, it's also another one of those games, too, where there are, like, boundaries. So, like, oh, um, yeah. sort of like, you know, you're, like, floating on, like, a like an island in the sky or something like that. Right. And, of course, if you, uh, if you miss or if you fall off that island, then you have to start the level over. Oh, sure. Okay. So huh. yeah, so yeah, I'm coming across like just different things and it's, it's entertaining. It's, it's something that it's, I can launch it, play like a level or two and then just go back to whatever I'm doing. Yeah, that, that game sounds cool. I, I want to look into that. Yeah, so definitely check it out. Like I said, Apple Arcade right now. Um, it's on, I think, I see it's on the Epic Game Store, also on Steam. Um, let's see what's, let me pull up the price real quick to see what, uh, what it's going for if you just want to just play it or own the game yeah it is oh they don't have a price yet so good what the golf um man you you've ruined that terrible oh here we go yeah so yeah if you're gonna buy it on pc um it's 19.99 okay all right that's a little more than what i was expecting but but honestly it sounds entertaining enough to to be worth it um like that game sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, like it's and that's and that's like the charm that I found in a lot of these Apple Arcade games is that it's something different. It's something that will sort of pass the time. 
but then you can sort of like with some of these games sort of sit there and like actually like sit down and play them. Mm-hmm. Like I like right. stuff stuff like you know Bleak Souls or Bleak Sword. Um, I can see myself like if I really have nothing to do, I can see myself just sitting there and like playing through the game. Uh, it, ha- it sort of happened to me with uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Ah, uh, okay. Where, you know, it's a game where since it's on mobile, I could sort of like play a level or two and then just go on and do, you know, do whatever. But then like your experience was different. You just, you, you know, you, when you played the game, you, I think you sat through the whole thing, right? Yeah. I played it in one sitting. It was like 90 minutes. Yeah. So it's really interesting seeing what they're doing with these indie games that they're throwing onto the service. Um, the next game that I played was, uh, Card of Darkness. Um, it's a game developed by Zach Gage, Pendleton Ward, and Choice Provisions. Um, one of those names, if you, you know, if you're a fan of Adventure Time, should seem familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I've actually never seen Adventure Time. Ooh. No hate mail, please, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but, um, Card of Darkness, it's a, it's a different, it's another, like, weird game. It's a, like a card battle game that um, you you start on one side of the board and you essentially have a you have like stacks of cards in front of you. Um, the first row like flips over and you have cards that you can pick up a sword. So now you can attack. Um, then you have enemy cards where like if the enemy is I believe stronger than like if the attack number is stronger than like the sword that you have the sword number then they do damage to you if um and like it sort of offsets so like if you have a a, a number two sword and the enemy is like you know a number four then you'll take two damage when you attack it okay but then you know you can attack things without a sword and you take the full amount that that Mm -hmm. enemy card is um, there's mechanics where, uh, you have some cards that'll heal you. You have some cards and I, like I'm playing, I played long enough cause I played this today on a bus ride and, um, the further along you get in the game, the more the game throws at you. So eventually you come across cards that if you let it, like if you let the card sit there each turn that you do, it'll grow in power. Hmm. This is sounding almost like Slay the Spire a little bit. There, you know, there are cards where, um, they will randomly swap with other cards. So essentially, like I said, you're, you're trying to make it through these decks of cards or stacks of cards and you're trying to get across the board to the next level. Okay. Um, something that will stop you from just running through is that let's say you pull a card from one stack, but then decide, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, do a straight shot or, you know, go in a different direction. Since you pulled a card from that other stack, you essentially have to con- like continue pulling cards from that stack until it's gone, because if you make it to you know the other side of the board, but you still haven't gotten rid of that stack, you can't you know move on. Hmm. So there's so there's a sense of you know pulling certain cards at the right time because you also don't know what cards you're gonna get in the future or what cards are you know next in the stack. Ah, uh, so like an element of chance. Okay. Exactly. So when when you know, I was playing on this bus ride. I, I was literally stuck on like the second level for maybe 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And here I'm thinking, I was like, am I, I know this is a puzzle game. Like, am I, am I dumb? Can I not, do I, can I not get this on the second level? But I then learned that it's, like you said, it was sort of like chance. 
but then it's also, um, I don't know, you sort of have to, like, like learn the game, learn mechanics, and it will do that type of thing where it's like, hey, you know, here's this card, uh, this is what the card does, and then it just leaves you at that. You have to sort of play to figure things out. Okay. Okay. That sounds that sounds kind of interesting, and again, it, it you know it reminds me of um, Slay the Spire. Maybe not like a in a roguelike sense, but just in I, I feel like card games in general are getting more popular now, and um and I'm not sure why that is, but I think it's pretty cool. It's it's a genre I would like to see more of, and I mean it sounds like this one has a unique take on it, um at least visually as well, like kind of looking up like what this looks like. It looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you know I. Eventually got past the second level and, you know, played a little bit more. So it's, it's a game that once again, I will come to, you know, on and off whenever I'm bored. Um, I can sort of see the game getting repetitive a little bit because like I said, awesome. I was, I was, well, I mean, like, like I said, I was sort of stuck on that level. Okay. But I feel like it wasn't more or less my ability. It was more or less I wasn't, I feel like it was because I wasn't taking certain risks. So like there's you know there's a the the randomness of every level. So when you yeah. whenever you start a level and you you know the cards flip, there's you know there's different every time. Okay. So yeah, I mean as as cards of darkness, um, I I'd, I'd say if that sounds interesting, you know definitely try it out. Um, I think it's once again also released on PC, um, but. If you have iOS, four ninety nine a month. The first month is free. Like you just just play the game. I think that sounds pretty good. That, that I think that sounds um, so far like every literally everything you've mentioned so far it, it really backs up your your claim with that Apple Arcade really does have kind of every and not even just a claim because I mean we've kind of seen through the trailers that they've released um, that Apple's really going for something special here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and people sort of felt a certain way that Apple was, you know, you know, going out to these uh, studios and getting like exclusive, quote unquote, rights on some of these games. It's like I said, it's sort of shifting what I'm willing to tolerate in a mobile game. Right. They they don't feel like the traditional mobile games. That's the thing is that Apple is like not treating them like. You know, they're throwing treating it like a, they're treating it like a gaming service, right? Which they should be. Like that's yeah. that's good. So yeah, once again, Apple Arcade, four ninety nine a month, and you can play it on you know iPhone, iPad, um, Apple TV, um, and it, your your progress sinks. So let's say like you know just like I said, I was playing on a bus. Uh, when I get home, I could have just you know selected on my Apple TV and continue playing that way. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. So that's uh, that's what I got this week for my Apple Arcade gush. Um, <laughs> all right, so the last game I want to talk about for my what, what you've been playing is Destiny 2. I am shocked that you did not mention this last week. Shocked. Because here's, here's, here's how I feel about like where Destiny 2 is right now. Like I feel like they... You know, now that Bungie, they're, you know, independent, they can do what they want, they don't have Activision breathing down their necks, they can sort of take their time and sort of mold Destiny to the way they want to. 
so they can create their own destiny. Oh my god, is that going to be the title of the episode? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, so, but yeah, like it's you know it's a nice change, and I'm I feel like I'm open to jump jumping back into the game, but it's 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 it's, it's weird. It's like jumping back into like. It's like a gambler going back to a casino or something like that. Like it's, yeah. I I know that this this game can take up a lot of time, and I know that there's a lot of you know grinding, which I feel that over the past couple seasons, because they do seasons now in in Destiny Two, uh, they've sort of remedied like the initial grind. So, like, it's a little bit easier to sort of get to a point, and then, like, if you want to do a lot of the end game stuff, then, you know, you do end game activities to increase your, your power level. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to, like, jump back into it now, because I'm technically not, like, playing a heavy game right now. Like, a, I'm not investing right. my time on, like, I'm not playing, like, a certain game. Right. So, you know, you know, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep was released. Um, they also, uh, on PC, took it from the Blizzard store over to Steam. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know if I said this last week, but, um, I sort of missed the window. There was the initial window to transfer your character. That sucks. I was, so I was worried, but I was more so worried that since I bought Destiny 2 on the Blizzard store, and I bought the expansions. Does that mean I'm I'm missing out on the expansions now? That's right. As of right now, that's sort of like a yes or no answer. Okay. Yes and no answer. Um, I, how how though? Right, how so, how's it both? All right. So I um so they did you know this uh, migration to Steam. They right. also uh, started cross save. So with cross save, you can essentially pick like if you if you've played Destiny two. On multiple platforms, the issue was that those characters that you played as were stuck on that, you know, specific platform. So you had, you know, Guardians on PlayStation. They're different from the Guardians that you played with on Xbox or PC. Okay. So with the cross save, essentially, you're now choosing one of those save files and you're spreading it out to the other platforms you have the game on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so naturally, you know, with me playing Destiny two since launch, or playing Destiny in general since launch, um, I went with my PlayStation four uh, save file, and you know that's the save file that you know I've pretty much had for years. Um, so that's now the save file that pops up when I start my PC version. So I was like, all right, it's cool, and you know I loaded it up. My, my Titan is there, you know, all the weapons and stuff that I have is there. I was excited. What I'm not excited about is that for some reason, and this is, I've, I've looked it up, there's an error, like on Bungie's behalf, where um, if you've made that switch, for some reason your past DLC is like, it's, it, it doesn't see it. Wait, what? Yeah, so for some reason, like, my, it, it looks like the keys that I had for, uh-huh. uh, for, like, you know, uh, try, like, the Osiris DLC, for, yeah. uh, Forsaken, for some reason, I don't know if I, I don't know if maybe I just didn't, I'm not looking at it right, because I sort of, like, played it in the span of about 15, 20 minutes, but 
yeah, I don't think that stuff came through. And then like I saw a Kotaku article about people having issues with um, buying, you know, like the season pass. But the way the article looks, I think it's they're talking more so about buying the season pass for like the newer Shadowkeep. So I'm not sure if I'm in the same boat or maybe I'm just overlooking it. It's weird. That's I have. This is the first I'm hearing about this. So that's odd. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's gonna be something that I'm gonna, you know, talk about next, you know, next week. Um, right now, I'm sort of sitting here thinking, do I want to buy Shadow Keep for PS4 and have that be like my main, you know, way of playing, or do I want to play it on PC? Because if you, if you buy it on a, on a platform, that's the platform that you have the DLC on. When you jump over to the other platforms, you're essentially playing Destiny 2 New Light, which is the free-to-play version. See, that doesn't seem like it helps people, though. Like, it would be awesome. Maybe there's some logistical reason why they can't do it, but it would be so cool if you could just hop between the platforms if you need to. Like, at will. It would be cool to do that and have, like, your purchases come over. That, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. You can, you can switch between, like, I, okay, so literally what you were just talking about with Cards of Darkness, like, you could, you could, you know, have progress on, like, your TV or whatever, and then go on the road on your iPad or iPhone or whatever and, and continue there. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't seamless. know. Seamless. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know why we can't have that maybe it's something logistical i don't know yeah or maybe i'm just an idiot and i'm not like setting up the stuff right (laughs) but uh, as of right now um i don't know i just i like right now like i'm i'm not too worried about the dlc thing because i think if there if it is an issue i i trust bungie enough to fix it or to like give some sort of credit um i'm more so like trying to figure out what system do i want to like focusing on right because this is the first you know destiny expansion that i didn't want i i didn't pre-order for one and i didn't buy like the collector's edition for so are do you feel like you have missed out do you do you regret that like i mean like it's a it's a small like hole in my heart right now (laughs) because i feel like i like that part of me is like, yo, you messed up. You should have, you should have impulsed and bought it. But then at the same time, I'm, I've dropped from being a hardcore Destiny player down to a casual. Damn, I just said that. Does it hurt? Let me let this, dang, I just said that out loud. I, yeah, well, whatever. So yeah, so dang, that really hurt saying that. So I'm a casual Destiny 2 player. Hey, hmm. join, join the club. I mean, I think that's that's the best way to play those games right now. Yeah, so, you know, I'm just trying to figure out where I want to throw in the money for this new expansion. Let me tell you what's going to happen, Chris. Like, you're, you know, you would go in, you could go into Destiny 2, maybe I would go in with you, and we would play Destiny 2 for, like, two weeks. And then after that, we're not going to run a raid, probably. We're not going to do like any of that extra stuff. We're going to say, wow, that was really fun. And it probably was fun. And then we're going to go our separate ways and delete the game from our HD until the next Destiny expansion rolls around. That's really sad because the progression of my, my Guardian from Destiny 1, like it went from, you know, 
playing with like a fire team, playing with like a consistent fire team. And, you know, we used to run through the story together. We used to run strikes. We would level, help each other level up. We would do raids together. But then like, it's that, you know, that sad story of, Hey guys, you know, I, I gotta get off, but you know, I'll, I'll catch you tomorrow. And at this point, you look at that person's name and it's like, yeah, such and such, and such hasn't logged in yeah. in six years. They, yeah, they went, they went to the store and never came back. Yep. Um, so, I don't know. I, I mean, but, but, I mean, the, the game is, it doesn't, we don't enjoy being on that hamster wheel. Like, you know, we talked about that with Anthem. Like, we don't, that's not what we want to do. Or at least that's not what I want to do. I mean, maybe you want to do that, but like, I'm just not interested in that anymore. Like, the, when we did Forsaken, like earlier in the year, that was really fun. I had a lot, I like genuinely, I had a lot of fun going through that. Um, and we played it for like, what, two, three weeks or something like that? Yeah. And, and that was great. Like, I paid maybe 40 bucks for like 30 or 40 bucks for like all of that stuff plus the annual content or season pass or whatever came with it. And I don't regret my purchase one bit. Like Forsaken was great. Like that was like Taken King style, like hype. Like I was really into that game. Um, but I got my fill. Like after a month, I was like, okay, I'm good. Like I'm satisfied. That was a filling meal. I can move on to other things. Like I don't think you should be, you should feel, you know, bad or shame, you know. And, and you know what it is? I feel that. I've sort of done that with games that's come out already. So like when Division 2 came out, like I enjoyed yeah. the month or month and a half that we played Division together, but I fell off of it. Yeah. And it's a game that I feel like I could, I would, I genuinely want to, you know, jump back into and play. But I, once again, like you said, I can't get on the hamster wheel anymore. It just doesn't yeah. feel right. And, that's, you know, yeah. same, and that's the same thing that happened to me with Monster Hunter World. Like, I yeah. was so ready to buy that expansion. Yeah. And, you know, here I am in the PlayStation store about to hit, you know, purchase. But I was like, you know what? I, I saw an indie game on the Switch that, you know, looked interesting. Yeah. Let me, let me jump into that instead. Yeah. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why I didn't pre-order this time around. That's, you know, another reason why I didn't get the collector's edition. And that's honestly why I haven't picked up Shadowkeep yet. Like, I want to, but I don't know. It's it's a weird void yeah. that I'm feeling I'm, right now. You know, I, I, I'm more than happy to jump into Shadowkeep with you, but, like, I'm not going to cry if we don't. Like, I'm, not, I'm really not going to be sad if I don't hit in, or get into that game at the moment, you know? Like... I am. I'm crying on it. I'm crying on the inside <laughs> and outside. <laughs> well, just all you gotta do is hit me up. Let me know if you want to get on it, and we'll. You know what's crazy though? At the end of the day, I think I'm just gonna double dip and buy it, <laughs> buy it, buy it for the PS4 and buy it on the PC. Oh yeah. yeah, going back to it, played it on the PC. It is silky smooth. Oh man, yeah. It's, it's something where, like, when I did the initial jump to playing destiny 2 on pc um and 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 let me just start this off from saying i don't have like a great like great pc don't i'm looking at it now don't crap out on me i know i'm talking shit but please you you (laughs) do what you can but um my my pc is really old so 
being able to play Destiny 2, I don't know what magic they did, but I was able to, I'm, I'm able to play it and play it at a decent enough frame rate where it just, it, it plays really well. And then, um, going back to the PS4, especially when, you know, when, I think when you jump back on, when, um, other people were jumping back on trying to get, pretty much trying to get me back to play, I jumped on and I was like, yo, why does, why does the game look like this? It looks like doo doo. Like why? Why is it moving so slow? Yeah. Like just, ah oh, man, it's it's tough. It really is. That's my that's my blight right now. That's why that's why in the show notes I'll put I'm playing Destiny two question mark question mark. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well that was worth the wait because I was very curious about that. <laughs> Dang, I, I point out a lot. I feel like I poured out my soul. I feel like I I feel like a little. A little bit is lifted. Yeah, a weight has been lifted from your shoulders, my friend. Yeah, and 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 after the show, I'm gonna just impulse on both. Oh God! All right. Well, before you do that, I think we should move on to the next uh, segment of our show, right? Yeah. So, yep, we have. Um, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the news, and then our topic this week is uh, we have fan mail. We're gonna go ahead and do fan mail this week, this episode. I was. Meaning to do that before we jump to the sh- to should I or what not should I play that? That's what we're doing right now. I was meaning to talk about that before we do the what you've been playing, but sort of got wrapped up and thinking about Destiny Two. Yeah, got an emotional one here. It did. This is a tear, a single tear rolling down my cheek. <laughs> so yeah, so we're gonna jump into the news and then jump into fan mail. So I guess we could go ahead and just uh, jump into this PlayStation news. There's so much that has uh, dropped. Um, and it's more or less like an accumulation of news. So uh, we'll sort of stalk, start with something that's um, a little bit more recent. Uh, if you played on your PlayStation and like did something really cool, and you're like, you know what, I want to share it and post it to Facebook. I, I knew a good amount of people that actually they, they do that and they've done that. As of uh, this past Monday... I believe they, you know, they got rid of it. And it's sort of up in the air right now. Right. So there's a lot of news once that, you know, dropped that they were, you know, stripping it from Facebook. There's a lot of like, you know, speculation on what was going on. It's, it's more or less they just didn't, uh, update their contract. That's all it is, guys. It's, it's not because Sony feels that Facebook is getting too much of our information. It's none of that. They they just haven't gotten to finalizing that you know that updated contract. So whether or not that sort of means that's why they haven't, maybe they're negotiating on certain things. But uh, Facebook, you know, it's it's being said, and there's an article on Kotaku that you know Sony and Facebook they're you're actually working on improving the Facebook integration. So, um, while the discussions are in progress, Facebook features will not be on PlayStation four. We hope to bring these features back as soon as our teams reach an agreement. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of in a, uh, Sony Marvel situation. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, I personally never used, um, like that feature. Um, but I think that it's really cool. I thought it was good for other people like to kind of utilize and check out. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's always a shame when, when stuff like that happens, but it's also Facebook. So, you know, um, 
dubious. <laughs> they're they're dubious. So uh not super shocked that they would um <laughs> choose to drop them uh, or not not sign another contract with them. Uh you know, not saying this is end times for Facebook, but you know, certain companies are kind of paying attention to the world and making decisions. So Yeah, so once again, this is one of those, you know, ongoing stories. So once we get more information or once something actually happens, come back and we'll talk about it. <laughs> so next we have some PlayStation 5 news and it's not you know, the PSV, it's not the V, it's uh people really said people? that. It's not PlayStation Infinite. What else were people saying? Why it's, that? It's, it's, it's none of that stuff. Why PlayStation it's the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple number, a simple yep. name. Yep. And it's it's really interesting with what Sony's doing with this go around with this uh, this upcoming generation. Mm-hmm. They're they're really like not hyping up anything. Like instead of, you know, you know, going to E3 that weren't at this past E3, they didn't have a PlayStation experience last year. Um, a majority of this PlayStation 5 news that we've received have been through, uh, articles from different websites. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, we got a lot of this, like, already in April with that Wired article. Yeah. Which we talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the reason why all of this is back in the news is that once again, Sony on, you know, the PlayStation blog, they had another post where they're like, Hey guys, it's official PlayStation 5 or PS5 will release holiday 2020. So, um, that's something that we've, once again, we've talked about on previous episodes. That's something that people have sort of like at this point sort of, you know, guessed. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing surprising. But yeah. I feel like my my hot take right now is that Sony, they're I feel like their their marketing right now is really different because of the fact like this like simply they they just didn't do a big show about it. Yeah, like no video, no like you know I'm surprised they this wasn't at the end of um, the state of play. Like they're doing like these you know these drops where they would have normally like have had like a conference they're now just making it a simple post and just Mm. going with that for me this isn't like yeah this is different um for sure this is definitely different but it's not all that surprising to me because i think what they're going to do is just blow out like they're, they're gonna probably have some sort of show i wouldn't rule out like a conference quite yet um you know, I, I think they'll have some sort of press conference, even if it's a smaller event, um, similar to the the launch event from the PlayStation 4, and maybe even smaller in scope than that, where, like, we get all the nuts and bolts of it. So, number one, they control the narrative because we they already know, like, at this point, we know what it entails. So there's none of this rampant speculation. Like, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, but... Like that run up from 2011 to 2013 was like oh my just, God, it was disgusting. It was insane. It was completely yeah. insane. Um, and so I think that they just don't want to deal with that again. In fact, I think last week we talked about it where with the story about, um, oh man, we talked about a story literally last week about how, um, Sony basically didn't want to, they, they wanted to kind of end a lot of speculation. Um, oh, the uh, Sean, laden thing mm-hmm. 
you know, we, you know, Sony's trying to get out in front of a lot of this stuff. And so I think when we do eventually have a show about this, we we don't have to have like a long presentation about the cores and like ray tracing and everything like that. Like we're going to just, we're going to see games. We're going to see what it can do and a price. Like I think that's what we're going to have. The expectations are already going to be set. So when they actually reveal this thing officially, like the design physically and all, all this other stuff, um, like we get into the, the, um, overall view of like what this thing is going to be capable of and not necessarily get bogged down by all the shit like, you know, cores and RAM and all this other stuff. Like, not that that isn't important. That's extremely important. And I personally enjoy learning about it, but, um, you know, we'll get all of that in a different way. Hmm. I don't know if I'm. No, no, I, I, you know what? That's a good point. I don't miss like the the old way of doing things. Like I, I sort of like I could I could sort of get behind them. Like just over time, just giving us the pure information instead of having like all of these speculation episodes or watching YouTube videos of people saying like you know rumors that you know the PlayStation Five is having this. Like I like that they're like you said getting ahead of the narrative. Yeah. And just, you know, just putting the information out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you know, this, I, I don't think it's, it's super coincidental that like, you know, we're getting this the week after it was all doom and gloom over Sony and power restructuring and all this other stuff. Like all that just happened. Um, you know, I'm sure that this is, I'm sure that they've always kind of planned for it to be around this time, but you know, Maybe it got pushed up a little bit further just because of all the 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 hoopla last week. Um, that's completely out of my ass. Like, I could be completely wrong about that, but you know, it's it's pretty interesting timing for sure. Um, but who knows? At the end of the day, they probably maybe didn't even care about any of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do appreciate the rollout for this because I mean, yeah, like I said, when the, the when the show the eventual show comes, we'll see the price. We'll see what it looks like, and we'll see the games, or at least we'll get some announcements. Like I, I think that's that's the important stuff. That's that's um you know next to what the console can actually do. I mean there were, we're I'm sure we're gonna go over it in a second, but um you know what what the future holds is is pretty exciting. Yeah. So I mean I feel like um sort of going through like this rundown of things that have been said already, and I feel like like you said before, like we've we've sort of discussed some of these things um and it's sort of been it sort of has been out there already but uh we can sort of talk about you know information about like the controller uh they talked about how they're getting rid of like the traditional rumble and they're going with something that's more or less like a haptic feedback type of rumble so think think of um like how your phone is how your phone can sort of vibrate one way or another like there's like different levels of how it vibrates, like the strength of it or something. Yeah, like that. And like honestly, thinking about like how the Joy Cons. That's, yeah. that's what I think of. Yeah, that's honestly what that was my initial thought was it was going to be something similar to that. Yeah. So you know, I think that's going to be pretty cool. Whether or not developers will actually, you know, take full advantage of that. Yeah. That's up in the air. Um. But you know that's that's cool. Uh, I think you before the show you were talking about like some VR stuff. 
Yeah, there were a couple patents that got kind of um I, I think discovered online and um one of them it was for uh it was for wireless. Like we think now that the PSVR two is gonna be wireless, which I believe may have been knowledge already, but I mean it's good to have like, you know, semi confirmation that that's the case. Um and room scale potentially. I mean, the, the VR technology is definitely there now. I mean, just look at what Oculus is doing. Um, and that's something that I wanted to talk about on another episode, but yeah. I, I think we sort of skipped over. But like, yeah, Oculus, you know, they're doing some really cool things with like the Oculus Quest. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, literally just the headset and the yeah. controllers. Yeah. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, the, the, uh, having cameras set up in the room. You don't have yeah. to worry about like that tedious setup. And then of course, you know, it's without being tethered to a PC. So it's literally just the headset and the controllers. Yeah. Which I They're, think honestly, uh, I think other than room scale, I think wireless is something that people don't think about when doing VR, but I think is a major game changer. It is like if you've, uh, you know, used VR, like over the past like year or two, like that's something that you know it sort of gets in the way. It sort of it um it breaks immersion a lot of the yeah. times because you, yeah. you feel that that long wire, like you have that wire in your way. So with removing that and uh like having it at this point now to where you don't need a gaming PC, but of course now like with you know how PCs are now and like how like the PlayStation Five is going to be powerful, yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see what this thing can do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, and anything else, uh, popped up, I guess, over this past week about PlayStation 5? Oh man. Um, yeah, I, I think it, there, there was, there was tons of stuff. I mean, if you want to talk about a little bit about the, uh, the specs, what I was mentioning earlier today was, uh, the ray tracing, uh, mm-hmm. which, is they've actually confirmed that they're like really looking into it right now. It's actually hardware based, which is important as well. Like this is something that that's going to be baked into the system, um, which I think is is huge. So uh, Metro, Metro Exodus is a recent example. That and Control are two uh, games from this year that have had absolutely insane ray tracing on PC. Um, not so on consoles, just because it's impossible with uh, especially with these base consoles, um, but. It is if you don't know what ray tracing is, it's basically ref- it's it's how light reflects onto surfaces um, in a game. I would really recommend going to Google it or watch a YouTube video or something because it, it's hard for me to um, explain and for you to really like understand what it is without having seen it. But it makes everything look realistic. Like think of um think of like a helmet, and usually in a helmet there's like um. Like if it's rendered in game, it's usually like a static image that's kind of like showing a reflection off of it. But with ray tracing, you're able to actually reflect light in real time off of something like that. Um, it's you could do it off of uh, you know a glass, or you could do it off of a floor. Floors are really like are really big. Somebody actually recreated. I want to say it was Quake Two. Um, one of the Quake games and, uh, and made it like with, um, with ray tracing enabled and it looks incredible. Like it, it's, it's truly stunning. But, um, like I said, the two games that I mentioned before, go check them out. Metro Exodus and Control. Uh, those are really great examples of ray tracing and the fact that they're looking into that for PS5 or not even looking into it, but they're, they're baking it into the console like is, um, it is exciting. Like that they're taking it. Seriously, it's one of the things I think a lot of 
people have been asking for um, outside of, you know, 60 frames per second. Like, I think that's ray tracing is a big thing that I, I don't even know if most people even realize that they want until they see it. And they're like, oh, OK, yeah, like that should be a part of everything. Um, so, yeah, that uh, the SSD is going to be uh, faster and, and bigger, more capable, basically, um, of, of running these games. In fact, uh, Mark Cerny, the uh, architect, uh, behind the PlayStation hardware, he was actually he was talking about how um, you're going to be able to like they're they're changing how they're approaching storage. Basically, um, if I want to, I, I want to just kind of quote him here. He says, "quote Rather than treating games like a bl- big block of data, we're allowing finer grained access to that data." Uh, end quote. So basically, what that's meaning is that if you want to install like just like a, a certain part of a game like a like the single player campaign similar to what some games do today you can actually do that and actually compartmentalize it in a way to where you can only access that multiplayer part like later on like and you don't have to actually do the full thing at that moment if you don't want to like that's actually pretty cool you can save yourself some space that way um i'm i'm really interested in something like that so it's it's a lot of the finer things that that uh, sound interesting as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's we did get some specifics as well for like what it's running on CPU wise. Like it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be eight cores, so that was confirmed. It's gonna be a um, x86 64 AMD. So they are they are going with AMD. A lot of people didn't know if they, if that was what was happening, um, but eight cores is big um that's like not even a joke um like the the cpu for this thing is going to be a monster kind of makes me wonder what the price is going to be like (laughs) for this thing um but yeah we're looking pretty pretty solid over here i i hope the what are you what are you estimating right now for the price after seeing those specs like i was gonna say man they should maybe shoot for 400 again nope i don't think that's gonna happen um I could see it at 500. I do not think they're going to go over 500. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, they have learned their lesson. I do not think they're going to pull another PlayStation 3 and, you know, get a second job, $600 PlayStation console. I don't think that's, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I mean, I could see this being $500 though. Like top, like top max. Like that's, I could see that. Um, yeah. Like I'm, I think I'm in the same boat. Like I, I want it to be 500, but I honestly, I honestly seeing it, I can honestly see it coming out at like 600. Oh man, I think that'd be a mistake. I think they would be making a huge mistake if they do that. Like the, the, the backlash to that. Like okay, so first of all, they they've already failed. They already failed with the PlayStation 3 doing that. They succeeded with the PlayStation 4. By coming out at a lower price point than Microsoft Machine at four hundred dollars, I think that was the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, you know, we we saw what happened to the one. Um, you know, it was more expensive, but it was also, I mean, there were obviously more factors that contributed to its failure. But ah, man, I don't know. I, I do not know if they're bold enough to go for six. See, I feel that a good telltale right now of where they're going to shoot for is. Whether or not this holiday season or maybe either this holiday season or maybe in the spring, if we see like a price drop for the 
PlayStation 4 Pro. If we see a price drop for that, because I think what's that? That's that's 400 right now, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I it might be. I think the MSRP on that might be 400. Yeah. Yeah. If we see them dropping the price on that, that's that'll be a good indicator that they're gonna be releasing, you know, the PlayStation 5 at 400. Mm. Yeah. I. Oof. I don't know. That's strange. Um, yeah. Who who knows? Like, they could do that. Um, I think I, I'm I'm still gonna stick with top five and lowest forty or uh, four hundred. Mm-hmm. That's I, I I doubt that. I want it to be four hundred. I would love that. I just don't think everything that we've been hearing about it, like the specs and everything. I just I don't know how they sell that for five hundred or four hundred. Um, and and be okay. So I would say that I, I'm expecting five. That's what I'm expecting. I would be, I would be shocked if they go above that, and pleasantly surprised if they go lower. That's a yeah, that's a good stance right there. Yeah. So yeah, now all we have to do is wait for Microsoft Machine and see what they're gonna do because we don't know right now. We have no idea. And I feel like with Microsoft, um, I feel like they're right now they're. It's, it, you can sort of look at it like um, like a sports team. A sports team that's like doing restructuring. They're grabbing a lot of like younger players and like down the road, that team is going to be something to like mess with. Like that's going to be the team. Oh, I think people are not thinking about Microsoft right now. And I think that is a huge mistake. Exactly. Huge mistake. So, They've got Phil Spencer on their side, who, by the way, has single handedly. Like, I mean, obviously they have lots of good people over there working on this as well, so it's not one man. But like, Phil Spencer is the one writing the, like, he's the face and writing the ship of the Xbox brand, and like, he's done a hell of a job. Like, from where that console started, like five, six years ago, to where it is right this second, like, it's insane what's mm-hmm. what's happened. Not only that, but he is he is at the top, like, spearheading this uh, this this next generation xbox effort and they've already acquired a bunch of these studios to do work for them i'm i I think it's a mistake that people are not really thinking about them right now like that that i think they're gonna release their next console or they're gonna reveal it and they're gonna uh i think they're gonna they're gonna blow some minds i think like that's that's my hope obviously i I don't want them to fail just because like i don't want to see anybody fail but you know and i want to enjoy games from everyone so like you know, I want them to come out, be competitive, but you know, kind of be in their own lane, do their own thing, play anywhere is a great incentive. Keep that going, keep Game Pass going. Um, that's big for me, coming from a, a physical advocate. Like, like I think they're doing great things right now. They're on a good path, and I, I'm very curious to see what they got to do. I'm telling you, they just like a sports team. They're just buying up these free agents, they're buying up these these uh, these new players, like these these younger players. So. Yeah. It's, it's going to be something. It's going to shake it up. It's going to shake up the industry, and I'm excited. Yeah. So um, I think that's anything big. Anything else you want to talk about with the PlayStation 5? That is about it. Well, there is one other thing I kind of want to mention about the price thing I just thought about. So I doubt they'll do this, but what if they sold just the base, like a base PlayStation 5, 500 bucks? But they sell you a PSVR 2 bundled for six six fifty something like that. Mm-hmm. 
that I could see something like that. I could see some sort of maybe other bundle that they sell. I mean, I, I think going into the market with two SKUs is like not the best idea of like for a new console, but like that's the only way I could see them. Like if they go above five, that is what they would do. And you know what? I'm a sucker. I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna get that bundle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would want PlayStation VR. I, I held off on the original PSVR because I knew that like the tech wasn't good enough. I have a base PlayStation 4, so like it's not good enough to really run VR reliably. I, I would want a a pro, but yeah. at, at this point we're too close to PlayStation 5, and I, I'm just gonna stick with my original uh, base. So. You know, whenever the five comes out, like, you know, next year, like, I'm going to look for VR. Like, that's my big purchase is that. Oh, man, I miss VR. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can always get a quest. I almost bought a quest like two weeks ago. So. Well, well, once again, this is a ongoing story and we'll talk about more once we get more information about it. So what we got next, Rod? What's going on? What's going on in the world, I guess? Oh, boy. What are talking about? The world. Um, yeah, so there was a player, and maybe you might want to lead on, like, what exactly happened, and maybe I can fill in some of the social stuff, but, like, yeah. Um, there was a Hearthstone player. And he was on a stream, a late a, or a uh, post-match stream. Um, I, to my knowledge, it was a Blizzard stream. I'm not 100% sure, honestly, but it was uh, it was a Blizzard channel or something on Twitch. And he was asked about um, he was asked about the ongoing situation in China, I believe, or something to that effect. And um, and and he during this interview at some point whether he was asked or not the point is he he made comments saying that you know he supported the people of Hong Kong um and just for some brief background and i mean very brief because it is <laughs> very lengthy but um hong kong's having some problems right now um the the people's republic of china the the government basically of china is basically you know obviously they're a communist regime um not good, not not good stuff going on in China. Um, they are currently, well, they have been oppressing um, the people of Hong Kong for quite a while now. Um, they have been trying to kind of, kind of fold Hong Kong into its their ranks in a sense. They're trying to force them under the regime, force them to not be a free society. They want to uh, instill the their their communist ideals on. Uh, on that region, on 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 this on these people, and, and I want to throw out there that I know before this whole like uh, this whole situation, because this situation has been going on for months now. Um, it, it was like the first time that I put two and two together that Hong Kong was like separate. Yes, I used to always think that Hong Kong was like just like a part of China. Yes, so, most most people do. Yeah. So that's I feel like that's the first thing we should also like throw out is that, you know, it is like a separate entity. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, and so the problem is that currently for the past few months, I mean, it's, again, it's been 
there's been strife for years and years and years now, but um, but it's it's kind of reaching a boiling point right now. So there's a point where there are open protests in the streets. Um, I was listening to uh, some episodes of the of the Daily, the New York Times uh, podcast. Every day they post, it's very good. But uh, they were uh, they were talking about this. They've been talking about this for quite a while now, and there there's like. Uh, people getting shot with rubber bullets and like just basically uh, people getting being assaulted uh, by the Chinese government uh, in the streets and and the people of Hong Kong are resisting the youth especially are 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 resisting them and 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 they're claiming you know they want to be free they want to be free uh, they want to have democratic uh, uh, thought and expression and not be beholden to uh, these communist ideals uh, from the Chinese government. And that is kind of like the the background overview to this, and what led uh, this this Hearthstone player to make comments supporting uh, the people of Hong Kong. And so, Chris, you know what happened after that? Wait, with the player? Yeah, 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 yeah. So at that point, he you know was. I guess he was, was he champ, like the official champion? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he got stripped of his title. He lost all of his prize money and he got suspended from the next season. He can't play for a year. Um, pretty much the, he got like erased. Yes. From the community. That's a really good way of putting it. He got straight up erased and people. We're not happy. In fact, Blizzard was trending worldwide for like the, that entire day or for most of that day. Um, and, and this player was, was also trending. And it, and so I, I'm not sure like if this was, so I think this was just like Blizzard, like the head, right? Like the, the. Oh, I also want to throw in, they also, so not only was the player on the stream, there were also two casters on the stream as well. And it turns out that Blizzard also ended their contracts for just being there. Ugh. Yikes. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. So yeah, there, there, there were, um, Blizzard China, um, something I just read today, like they are in open support of, uh, of the ban. So. There are branches of Blizzard that are just totally cool with this. There are others that are not. There are employees who are currently like protesting. Um, they are actually walking out. They performed walkouts like today. This is this recording. Um, they were walk outside of outside of some of the Blizzard offices. I'm not sure if that's the one in California. Um, I assume it is, but there were also you know there were other forms of protest as well like internally. Um. People like there were employees like blocking out like certain um, memos like saying like hey remain calm or like everything's cool um, and people like kind of modifying them and saying like hey we don't like this a lot of people a lot of people are like you know saying hey we're gonna boycott Blizzard uh, Overwatch is coming out on Steam or uh, on on Switch like next week we're not buying that like there's a lot of people. Um, really kind of digging their heels in on this and and saying like hey this is wrong which i mean you know it's it is like it, 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 yeah yeah it, like it's there's no real defending that um so i guess like part of the problem is that like and so some people say like you know oh well you know you can't spout your ideals or your political opinions on like the platform like yeah okay well first of all like fuck you like that's a fucking communist you know country 
basically oppressing people and you're you're basic this man's livelihood was being was was challenged or or uh was was basically you know he's taken away yeah taken away and and well i mean like the comment the whole hong kong thing like i mean that's like you know people his family his friends like people that he knows like he's obviously in support of the people there and what they're going through he has a platform in which he wants to express those opinions he should be able to do that like that's that to me, political opinion or not, like who everything is political. Every fucking thing is political. Like there's mm-hmm. no so people who always say, like, I don't put political politics in my games. Like, fuck you. Like everything you do, everything we we do is political. Like there's no separating the two of those things. This guy had a platform that he wanted to communicate this serious issue that, by the way, ninety nine point nine percent of all humans, you know, agree with and one hundred percent should. Um, which is, you know, the right to exist, the right to life and, and not be oppressed in any way. Um, you know, you're being denied your right to like live a free existence. Like, no, that's something that, you know, this guy had the right to say on this stream. And the fact that Blizzard censored that is complete bullshit. It is. Um, there's no, there's no real if, ands or buts about that. I don't mean to be on a soapbox, but. <laughs> No, I mean, you're right. Like, uh, I feel like so far, everyone that I've, you know, had this conversation with, like, everyone's on the same page. I think that what's being, you know, highlighted right now is that, you know, some, something that I, I, I pulled up an article on PC Gamer, um, like, like a day or two ago. Um, uh, they posted that, um, Tencent, is you know one of China's like largest you know they 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 have like it's a, a the largest publisher mm-hmm. I feel like in the world at this point because they own a lot. They, so yeah, uh, a lot of people have been talking about this Tencent. Yeah, so they um they essentially and I'm just gonna list through a couple of like properties that they either own or that they have like a majority stake in. You know, they, they own 100% of Riot Games, so that's League of Legends. They own 40% of Epic Games, and that in itself sort of, like, is a lot. You know, look at Fortnite, that's Epic Games. Epic Games last year made $2.4 billion. Right. Um, you have uh, Bluehole, which is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. They own 11.5%. Um, but here's where, like, it sort of gets me. Uh, you have other companies that, like Ubisoft, 5%. Activision Blizzard, 5%. Yeah. So at this point, you tell me that a company that owns 5% of the company has so much pull to say that, hey, you know, this, this person did something bad, erase them. I just, I don't know, something something just doesn't add up. Like, I don't know if it's... Um, and I feel like it is, it's, I feel like it's China just using their power and like muscling their way to erase people, to shut people down. And that's just, it's, it's wrong. And it's scary to think about. It's very Cause scary. It, cause, yeah. Cause not only is this happening with, you know, in gaming, not only is of course this happening, actually, actually happening in Hong Kong, you have it sort of spreading out. So like other avenues, this is also happening with sports. Um, it happened with when um, yeah, I think it's Houston Rockets. Yep. Um, the general manager right. uh, showed support on Twitter. 
and immediately, like, uh, it got pulled down. Uh, China started pulling sponsorship from the Rockets because the, they, they, I think they own a stake or do they own the Houston Rockets? Uh, I think they own a stake in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I and mean, you even had like James Harden apologizing. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? So. I yeah. Like, I, 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 so I'm sort of like, I'm sitting back and like, trying to take everything in and trying to figure out what's going on. But at the same time, I feel like this is, it's not even the bigger picture. It's not, I mean, we're in the middle of it, like right now. Um, I mean, even today we had Blizzard just, they, so did you hear that they, they actually were locking authenticator, like, um, like people's, uh, they were preventing people from deleting their profiles. Essentially. You have to have like an authenticator, I think, or something to, yeah. to confirm it. They are locking those. So you actually can't delete your profile right now. That's, jeez, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. This, this one, um, this one woman tweeted about it and it's got like 20,000 retweets or something or close to it. Um, and like, it, it's, it's insane. I mean, it, it's spreading and, and, and who knows what this, I mean, blue, <laughs> thank goodness Overwatch League, uh, just finished because, uh, you know, Oof, who, yeah, that would have been rough. Yeah. Who knows what would have happened at, uh, you know, at one of those, like, you know, they they have quite a few Chinese teams, you know, in in players in that league, um, and and who knows what what could have happened there. Um, so and they've got a big release with Overwatch Switch coming like next week in a few days. Like it's like who knows what's happening there. Like, I, the, but to me the bigger the the bigger picture for for me is absolutely like what you were saying. It's like hey, um, you know the. Um, obviously it's China doing a lot mm-hmm. of this, but it's also, it, it is spreading into the game industry. And I, and I do, I am proud of like a lot of people within it are like, Hey, like this is real bad. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, this isn't good. Um, it's, it's good to see that the, I feel like the gaming industry pushed back the hardest. Cause like I said, this, this is happening in like the NBA and the NBA's immediate response was to apologize and try to, uh, you know, fix this, fix the situation because, uh, you know, China was pulling support like completely from the NBA. Like they were not going to show any games over there. And a lot of these companies, they're, they're seeing money lost and they're folding to it. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. So. And it's just, like I said, it's, it's a scary thought. I feel like this is just, it's, it's a snowball effect. And you can sort of sit back and see, like, you know, who's for it, who's against it by how they react to it. Like, um, I also just thought about this, but you know, there was an episode of South Park that just got banned. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, South Park, they, they literally just did an episode about China. And said either said something about you know the the, the their uh, leader or like I don't know the context of the episode because I haven't seen it yet. But mm-hmm. they intentionally went after China, and that following day China was like, you know what, we're banning South Park completely, like the show. And I think that same day, uh, the um, creators of South Park went on record and they're like, hey. We, we, and they're like, we, we essentially have to fold like the NBA did and we have to apologize. Like, I feel like that was, I, I want to say that was like in their apology. 
Mm. So it was like a, like sort of like a like a half-assed apology because they they don't agree with it, but they were sort of like you know forced to apologize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which. <laughs> Is it really an apology at that point? Like, nah, it's not. yeah, like it's wild. It, it, it's wild what's happening right now. And, and I'm very interested, like by the end of this week, like by the time we're recording an episode next week, I, I would love to see how this develops. And ha- has um has Blizzard America like just have they res- like formally responded yet? I, I don't know if they've made an actual statement. Mm. I I don't know if they've done that at this point. Like by the like as we're recording this now, I don't think they have. Um which I don't think they will. I, I don't know if they can. I mean it's clear that Blizzard China is like on its own shit right now. Um and, and they're clearly like in that corner in the Chinese government cup corner. But man, could we see a split <laughs> at some point? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm just excited. Not even excited. Like, I, that's, I don't know. A part of me wants to be sort of excited. I want to like sit back, enjoy the tea. Oh, no. But then, but, but then there's another side of my brain that's like, yo, listen, like, shit's about to go down. It's like, it's that, I'm like in that weird feeling where like, I, I feel something is about to happen. Like I see like the, I, I'm sniffing, I'm sniffing the air for rain and I feel the storm coming. Yeah. And, and what does that entail? What does that look like? Like that's the thing I don't, I don't know. And that's what the that... scary part is that I, I don't even know where this could go. Like I said, I feel like this is like the, you know, this has been an ongoing situation. But this is that, you know, gradual snowball that's just been, it's, it's rolling, it's rolling, it's becoming bigger and bigger. You know, where is it, where is this snowball going to go? When is it finally going to bust? And like, when it does bust, what does that mean to the world at this point? Yeah. Cause I don't think, I honestly do not think most Americans or most, most people in this world really understand like how powerful China is. Yeah. How, how much, like, how much stake they have in a lot of, you know, not only American companies, but just other companies in the world. Um, like last year when I, uh, I sort of, you know, did a little stint in the liquor industry and I found out that, well, I, I yeah, I found out that that's something else that China that they do is if there's like a wine that they like or wine that they feel is really popular. They will literally buy like the whole year's, uh, you know, inventory of that particular wine. Mm, okay. So China, they also have they they have their hand in that industry. Um, and I I can't even imagine like we already talked about the video game industry. We talk about sports. You know, when you look at the technology world, they also have their hands in that too. Most of our technology comes yeah. from China. Right, yeah, everywhere. It's it's scary. Yeah. Mm, boy. So, I don't know, once again, <laughs> this is an ongoing situation. Um, I mean, do you, want, do you have anything else that you want to sort of chime in? But I, I sort of feel like we've 
sort of, you know, set our hot takes on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, not really other than like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, what, what are they, what are they doing? Like, that's the only thing. It's like, it, it's, it's really frustrating to watch someone be erased in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, to act like, you know, what to, to literally silence someone. Literally. Um, I think is a damn shame. And I hope that, you know, he, I mean, right now I know that player is getting like a lot of support. Um, I hope he continues to get that support. Um, uh, and, and I, I hope that this gets resolved in, in, in some capacity and Blizzard, you know, grows, you know, a spine. And, uh, do you think this is, a blizzard thing or do you think this is an activision thing that's a really great question i that's that's a great question i think it's both to be honest um i think it's both because i mean blizzard has direct control over a lot of um um i mean it's their property i was gonna say do they though because a lot of like a lot of gripe and stuff that i've heard through the you know blizzard community is that you know Activision, this, you know, Activision is sort of forcing, uh, this type of thing. They want, you know, they, you know, they're pushing like the whole, you know, Diablo mobile thing. They were pushed there, you know, pushing the whole like, Hey, you aren't, you know, Blizzard, you're not releasing enough games, release more games. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel that, uh, I feel like Activision is like, they're the ones that's sort of changing this stuff. They're the ones that are like, they're, they're pushing this narrative. I feel like a lot of people say things like that when we don't really know. Like we don't really, we, we, we don't truly know because it's like whenever anything Blizzard related is good, it's Blizzard. Whenever it's bad, it's Activision, right? Like it's, it's, it's that whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just like, I always think about it, about it like religion, like in a sense where, you know, it, whenever things are going right, you know, man, God's doing, really great things it's all god and then when everything's are bad it's like well the devil obviously is like in the details or whatever people say like you know that's like it's that sort of thing to me um and this is to me is no different i feel like look i think i think you make good points like i think activision is overall like you know the parent in that relationship they they do have like you know final say as the publisher on like what is created and and put out there but i don't know man if there was internal strife i feel like we we may hear some of that and maybe we just need to wait maybe we just need to wait about that and and maybe it's coming and we just don't know so so maybe i can't even answer that with like any degree of certainty you know i yeah i want i want to research like like who has like is it like a 50/50 split? I mean Activision owns majority of like Blizzard, right? I believe that's true, yeah. So like I just I just want to see like the the math behind. It. I want to see who owns what and then at that point who owns Activision, you know, like how does that take into effect? How like who's who's squeezing who? That's what I want to see. And are we referring strictly to like business propositions or yeah. okay. Because yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what's pushing them to silence people. That's what's pushing them to, uh, you know, have people like James Harden on TV apologizing for their GM making a statement 
because they're trying to protect, you know, their bottom line. They're trying to protect money. And China is a huge factor in that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it, you're not trying, you can't mess up the bag. And yeah. I think that's what they're, what they're gunning for. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think, um, as far as who owns Activision Blizzard, like they're on their own. Activision Blizzard is like the thing. There's no one over them. Um, so at that point, they're just, they're, they're just trying to protect their money then. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately. Ultimately. Like I this just, is, I, I this, just have to see the math in front of me. Yeah. It doesn't I make mean, enough the, sense. The, the, the subsidiary is Blizzard, like on their own. Like the company yeah. is called Activision Blizzard, but like, you know, the, the, like there's just an Activision. Like that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a child company, if you were. Um, and you have like different people under that. Like you got like, uh, that's where the Call of Duty guys come from, like the High yeah. Moon, uh, Treyarch, all that stuff. Um, you know, so that kind of answers that, but I don't know, like, you know, percentage wise, you know, what, all is there so but it is split up into like three different aspects of the company supposedly so damn i feel like i've been playing i've been playing enough mystery games lately and i've been watching enough riverdale where i feel like we have a mystery afoot and i want to do some research and try and figure out some stuff (laughs) well you should get back to us next week let us know what you find yeah and that's that's if you know things don't implode anymore. And, oh, right. Yeah. They just don't <laughs> and want like just yeah, we start yeah. seeing you know, like I said, this is I feel like this is the you know the tip of the iceberg. And I and I really hope that I'm we're just like sort of oh I don't even think are we are we blowing it out of proportion because it's still at the end of the day like a you know a country like oppressing people, right. Absolutely. So, like, you know, me sitting here thinking about, like, talking about this stuff, I'm, I get sad because at the end of the day, you know, I'm in a situation where I live in this country and, you know, I'm able to say, I'm able to do this. I'm able to sit here, talk about how I feel, talk about what I think, and I could freely put it out there for people to listen to, as mm-hmm. opposed to on the other side of the world where in China, they can't do any of that. Oh, no, no, they cannot. So... So what's like a news story for us, what's like a talking point to us, you still have real people out there that are living with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the sad part. That's the part that just, it really bums me out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a huge bummer to say the absolute least. <laughs> Man, it's wild stuff. So. At the end of the day, uh, guys, you know, this is another discussion. You know, just like with everything that we do on the episode, we want to hear from you. We want to see, you know, see what you guys think in the comments, whether or not you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk in the comments. Let's chat. Um, I feel like this is a good stopping point mm-hmm. for this topic. Um, let's go ahead and let's jump into some good stuff. Let's jump into fan mail. Oh yeah, yeah. Lift, let's lift change, the spirits let's a little bit. All right, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and open up this bag of mail. Huh? Hmm. Mm-hmm. You got something good? No. This this inbox this inbox here is empty. Oh. There's nothing here. Oh. Well, at least you don't have to clean anything. <laughs> 
I I have a, like a singular email saying, "Welcome to Google." This account. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Man, I yeah, guess people I, just don't like free money, huh? Yes. So once again, we've said this before. We'll, we've said it again. We'll say it again. Um, we want we want some feedback, guys. We want to hear from you. We want to like you know let talk about what you've been playing. Talk about you know pull up something that we've talked about on the show. Talk about something. Pull up something that you want us to talk about on the show. Anything with us doing that? Uh, with, well, with you doing that, you know, we'll bring it up on the show. And we'll also, you know, we want to give back to our listeners. So with these, you know, with the fan mail segment, we want to give back. We want to give out, you know, a $10 credit to whatever platform you're on. So if you're on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, hell, I'll even do it for iTunes. Mm. So you could try out Apple Arcade. Wow. That's a good segue into that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and send us some emails. Send us an email to should I play that fan mail at gmail.com. You know, we have it in the description of the show. Uh, if you just want to like literally click a link or copy and paste, send us the email. Let's talk. And, uh, you know, whatever, um, I, I guess, how, how do you want to do this? Whatever we read will, uh, I think that's what we'll do. Whatever, yeah. you know, comment that really stands out. That's what we'll read on air, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll talk. We'll, of course, say, you know, you know, such and such user. If you want to be, you know, listed as, you know, using your name or using a certain username, of course, put that in the, you know, email. But you know, we're gonna say, hey, shout out to such and such. We're reading their comment, and then we'll reach out and, you know, get you that ten dollar credit. Absolutely. So with that. That was a quick. That was a quick segment. Goddamn. With that, we're gonna go ahead and end episode thirty-three. Rod, what you got for us? Should I play that fan mail at gmail.com? <laughs> that's that's pretty much it this week. Thanks for listening, guys. Always, uh, as always, leave a rating if you would. Um, that's it takes five seconds on Apple. It helps us get uh, more visibility to reach more people like you. Yep. Well, yeah, and I feel like that's that's important. That's super important. Um, our you know iTunes reviews, like that's that's something that a lot of like when we once we you know make that step of like going out to reach out to companies to like you know get sponsorships or to like just do whatever. That's one of the things that they ask. So like, all right, how many reviews do you have on iTunes? Like, how many subscribers? How many? You know, like, what's what's the number? And like like Rod said, all it takes is just you know a couple seconds. You know, give us five stars, write a simple review, say like you know these guys are awesome, and that helps us out. It goes a really long way, and we really appreciate it. Yep. But with that, guys, have a great week. Listen, you are worth it. You are awesome. You are you are smart. I was trying to think of what else is DJ College. Oh god! (laughs) Another one. Yeah. (laughs) Have a great (laughs) week, guys. Stay beastly. We'll catch you next week. Peace.